Transparency with Mr. John. This podcast takes us through the lives and the trials and tribulations of those who have conquered and have become victors instead of victims. I am your host, Mr. John, and I'm a father, a singer-songwriter, as well as a motivational speaker. But more importantly, I'm happy you chose to stop on by. Hey, were you guys aware that Monday Motivation Volume 1 is now available? That's right. You asked for it. I did it. 10 Monday Motivations that can help stimulate you, motivate you, start your day off, as well as put you to sleep. You just have to go and click on the bio or go to the liveexperienceonline.com. Click on the product store and get your Monday Motivation, Volume 1. Don't delay. Get it now. Hey, party people. I know it has been a minute. I hope everybody is doing well. I'm doing okay. It's been a challenging couple of weeks or some months out here in the U.S. of A. I'm residing in California, Los Angeles to be exact. So we've been on lockdown, had it lifted, and we've been back down on lockdown. But this week I'm presenting something very interesting to you. It's about race. It's something I don't talk about a lot, but I live every day. As being an African-American man out here in Los Angeles and traveling around the world, I've had some interesting experiences along the way. And I just never spoke about it. But with all that is happening recently, my friend Robert called me and asked me to have an open discussion about race. It may get a little uncomfortable. I know I was uncomfortable in certain aspects. But I'm happy that I had the discussion. And I look forward to your feedback and open discussion to you. As I title this, here we are about race. We, You and I got into this wonderful conversation yeah. a couple weeks ago at the beginning of Black Lives Matter. And we were talking and and you reached out to me and I greatly appreciate the fact that you just called, just check up, see how I was doing. And just to actually have the conversation that so many people have been having about this dialogue as to, not just dialogue, but honest dialogue as yeah. to where you are, you know, there's no right or wrong. Uh, Cause I, I am seeing that there are more people that are ignorant and what I mean by ignorant of just lack of knowledge and or, yeah. or not self-awareness to acknowledge that you know, they may have certain racial tendencies or prejudices that they may have grown up with, inherent, non-inherent that they may not be aware of or are aware of and have just said, well, hey, this is me. And mm-hmm. now it's coming to the forefront of let's call everybody out. But like we're seeing by so many, even though you're calling folks out, what's the next step to change? What's the next right. step for healing or as I call it, the bridge of understanding? I may be on the opposite end, but if we can meet there together, maybe I can either come to your side that, that may change your viewpoint or you may come to my side that may change your viewpoint that at least we can either agree to, for some agree to disagree you know, not. And I'll give you a good example. Last year, toward the end of the 2019 season, I got into a heated conversation with a colleague about this because there were some issues that had happened on on the road where, you know, how we are very patriotic, uh, especially in the OCR world, toward veterans. We're very patriotic toward 
military were very supportive of that. And, and, and I, I commend them and, and I, you know, uh, stand by them. And there was one particular event that certain people, uh, a group came out wearing t-shirts that was not against it, but against police brutality. Uh, they, they were against the oppressions that happened to African-American folks. And they felt they were, they were met with resistance. There are some words, I guess, that were exchanged between both parties. And unfortunately, they wrote in this really, really unfortunate, unfortunate email that expressed management to call this particular person and, and make sure that they were okay because it, it, for them, it, it came across threatening. Uh, got into a conversation with me and the conversation started to spiral out, of, not a spiral out of control, but it started bringing up some diff definite things from our backgrounds as into Black Lives Matter to, uh, and his statement was all lives matter. And my response was, well, all lives matter, all lives can't matter to Black Lives Matter because of the oppressions that they were expressing by their shirts. And it got to a point where he and I both said, let's not have this conversation because we're both on two opposite ends right now. And you're not seeing the fact, you're not seeing my fact, I'm seeing your fact, but we're not willing to come to a place of, of a middle ground by saying, I was feeling that as much as all lives matter, I look at all lives matter, I look at transgender lives matter, I look at white lives matter, I look at Latino lives matter as houses. All these houses say maybe lined up. They have their, their, all their wonderful issues that we're all fighting for, we want equality. But black lives, but my, my house is on fire right now. It's been on fire for over 50 years from Jim Crow, from redlining, all the way up to, to say now. It's been on fire. What I'm asking you to do is help me put out this fire so then we all can march together. Yeah. But my house is on fire. It's been on fire. It's about to be burned down smoldering. He didn't get that concept. He was just like, well, no, I'm for all people. And I was like, all right, we're just not going to uh, not, not get to this place of understanding. Now moving fast forward as to here we are, 2020. We've had COVID, knocked everybody out at home. Boom. Which to me allowed certain people to actually have to stop. It, everybody's life stopped for a second. And so some of the issues that were pushed to the back burner started becoming more to the forefront because people had time to watch. They had time to now physically see more incidents of race soldiers beating African-American people or race soldiers uh, doing things that were now being videotaped on camera where people are finally saying, this is wrong, enough is enough. Right. People started marching, people started protesting you know, you know, everybody was saying, you know, George Floyd, you know, not just, you know, Breonna Taylor. And there's thousands of names that I could say right off the bat from just, you know, from, I mean, there are probably 60 different names I could probably say from Chicago two weeks ago when in one weekend, 60 people were, 60 kids were killed. And some people would say that's gang violence. Some people would, could, could say, you know, guns. At the end of the day, with some of the videos that came out just across the board, across the country, there is an issue now that, is being presented to us. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are to have this discussion about, you know, race. And so, you know, Rob, I appreciate the fact that you reached out to me and say, look, let's talk about it. Uh, Cause from 
being an MC, being uh, a a slight public figure for some, I deal with it every day, or I've had yeah. to deal with it every day. And I, I, I appreciate the fact how you came to me and said, I just want to understand, but I want to understand from you from your perspective and help me understand. And, but more importantly, let's have this dialogue so that we both can gain some understanding yeah. of just everything across the board. So I, I think this, this is great, but this is just where I'm at right now is, is with, even though that, you know, we've been marching, even though we've been protesting, it is, it has been now on the forefront. Um, I got my, my, my Kaepernick shirt on representing, um, nice. because, you know, a lot of people did not see the vision of which he had that most of us saw was like, you know, it, what his kneeling was not against the flag. It was against police brutality. And it just kept getting moved to the side of, no, 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 you know, because of the knee and, and military. And he was like, no, my, my knee is for, I'm against police brutality. Now yeah. here we are, it's now turning around. That man still does not actually have a football contract. He still does not have that. Even though he's, you know, he's a hero to Nike, his life has turned around in, in that regards where he's still being able to be, you know, unfortunately to me, he's, I, he's not the, He's not the Rosa Parks of our day because she took a seat to make a stand, but he took a knee to make a stand, which is now being brought to the forefront. So it's just, uh, it's this kind of whirlwind of, of, of emotions. And, but I go to what now, what is our next steps? Cause you posed, you posed that question. I really thought about it. What's next? What can we do next? I think one thing like, this conversation we're going to get we're about to start having because I'm about to shut up in a second. Having the conversations, having the dialogues, and you know, and and doing some reading. There are great books of of understanding. Yeah, what racism has been, what redlining has been, and it's not like one thing. It's it's been several things that have made this thing that have you know. I know for you coming from Mississippi, no, uh, am I right? Mississippi? Yeah. Uh, Mississippi. Mississippi. Yeah. You know, your story is incredible to the fact as to from where you began to where you are now to this discussion. So I'm going to let you tell everybody like your story from, I mean, it's incredible. So, uh, kind of a a little bit of, you know, my background, uh, I I come from a single parent family. Uh, My dad passed away when I was four years old. Uh, And then I was raised by my mom, who was a public school educator uh, for 35 years, actually. Uh, She was a public school educator first for 27 years. She retired for two weeks. And then I went back to, (laughs) to working in the public schools, but in a different aspect. Uh, for eight more years until she retired again. So she, she couldn't stay away, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, one of the things that my mom actually did a lot of uh, when I was growing up, and I didn't really realize it until way later on, because she was always kind of a behind-the-scenes type person. Right. And I'm a lot that way myself, you know. Um, but she was always very behind the scenes and in, in, in fighting silently in a way um, against a lot of like the uh, equality issues as far as, you know, with the fact that she was working in a man's world 
you know. Um, you know, she got a lot of flack for that, for being a, you know, public school educator. She started out working in home economics, uh, teaching that, and then to teaching uh, algebra from that to went to a high school uh, principal that she was only there for a year. Uh, she was, uh, you know, uh, fired from that job, well, let go from that job for very, uh, very bad reasons. But uh, she went from that into a uh, public school educator as far as an elementary uh, principal. And then she was promoted from that to um, assistant superintendent. So basically over the testing and curriculum. One of the things that she did that she was a very big part of, in Greenwood, Mississippi, everything is what you kind of mentioned uh, was redlining. Uh, there was very much a redline district as far as within the, the districts as far as within uh, Greenwood, Mississippi. And that's okay. in the Mississippi Delta. Um, the Mississippi Delta is very, uh, it was very racially driven in a lot of different ways. There was not as much of a diversity as far as within the, uh, within, say, for instance, Bankston Elementary, uh, where my mom was uh, principal of. And then you had a lot of other different elementary schools that they all had the junior high schools as well. One of the things that she was part of was trying to desegregate within the schools. Wow. So um, as far as within the, the, the redlining with the issue was that you had and I hate to say it like this, but sure. you had all of the, you know, the white people were on one side, the blacks were on the other side of the river, and then everybody that was any other race was right in the middle. And that's how it was basically set up. Um, and so, you know, it, it was it was kind of like that for the longest time. Um, one of the things that they did as far as to be able to start the desegregation within the schools was they got rid of all the junior highs, made them all go into one junior high, which was on the other side of the river. Mm-hmm. On top of that, with the high school, all of it consolidated all into the one high school, which there was really only one high school anyways. Uh, but whenever that started happening, uh, them trying to basically start the desegregation to be able to make people have to go to the junior high school to mix the races all together, um, a lot of the parents who were the, the white parents would actually take their kids out of school at that time and put them into a private school. Um, I was I was part of the public schools all the way up, going all the way through through the junior high through that time. Uh, that was in my sixth grade year, and that was at the same time whenever my mom was promoted to assistant superintendent. Okay. Um, whenever I started from a ninth grade year, uh, one of the things that kind of happened, there's it's kind of a crazy story, but um, a lot of the gang initiations that were coming from New Orleans would come to the Mississippi Delta and they would recruit for their gangs uh, as far as being able to bring them over there, you know, from the Mississippi Delta. Um, one of the initiations that this one guy was going through was to go up to any white guy who he saw, hit him in the face, and basically, that was to make a statement. Right. So, um, whenever he came up to me, he hit me in the face. I hit him back, and he ran off and told his gang about that. Next thing I know is I'm all of a sudden in my art class, uh, in the back of the class, and outside in the back corner of the class, 
Um, there are several different members of this gang that came into the class with knives, backed me into the corner and told me that if I had moved one single bit, that they were going to kill me right then and there. All right. Now, Rob, how, just so everybody knows, how tall are you at this time? What's that? How tall were you at this time? Because you were not uh, at that time. Let's see, that was ninth grade. Uh, so I'm six four right now. Right. And I was probably about, I'd say five foot eleven, six foot. Okay. Right around there. So you were um, already a pretty yeah. tall dude at, at yeah. being ninth grade. And how much do you think you're weighing? At that time, I was always a chubby kid. Okay. Uh, <laughs> growing up, uh, I'd say I was probably. In the upper 100s, somewhere I'm just, around there. I'm just want to make sure, so because you're telling the story that, that that it's in the context, so they know, like, okay, so this African American dude trying to initiate himself into a gang mm-hmm. saw the tallest white boy, chubby dude, and was like, "That's the guy I want to go and make a statement with," not knowing this chubby dude from Mississippi has got a backhand too. I was ready to knock him back to the Delta. Okay. I just want to make and sure. And he was actually a lot shorter than I am, too. What? The yeah. guy who hit me. He has a Napoleon complex. He was going for it. Yeah. I got it. I got it. You knocked out the biggest dude in the room to make the statement. So then after yeah. that, the gang caught you in the corner because they were like, oh, this dude doesn't back down. We thought it was going to be a little marshmallow puffy puff. That wasn't the case. And then here you are, backed up into a corner, kind of freaked out by these gang members. So, okay. Very much so. Um, another incident that happened uh, not long after that, uh, because, uh, you know, finally they left from the classroom. Teacher didn't do anything because the teacher, you know, he was kind of afraid to be able to get involved, you know, mm. or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, one of the things that happened was right after that, I was actually getting into my truck one day. And uh, as I was getting into my truck, I didn't even see them coming. They jumped me while I'm getting into my truck and literally started beating me as I'm trying to get into my truck, wow. taking my uh, truck door, slamming it over, over and over again on me. And while that was happening, I started trying to reach behind the seat of my truck because I had a broomstick behind there. Okay. They thought I was grabbing for a gun. Right. So they started running and saying, gun, gun, he's got a gun, he's got a gun, he's got a gun. And I jumped in my truck because I realized, hey, I can get away, you know, kind of thing. Right. I jumped in my truck. I hurried up and sped out of there. I got out of there as quick as could be. Wow. Within a couple of days after that, my two brothers, uh, they were, you know, they're the, I'm the youngest. They're, they're my oldest brothers. And uh, kind of a little bit of an uh, interesting fact. Um, the younger you are in my family, mm-hmm. the bigger and the taller you are. So okay. I'm actually six foot four. Okay? okay. My middle brother is probably about six one or so. Okay. Uh, and my oldest brother is five foot 11. I'm still looking up to, <laughs> so, still looking up to all of y'all, but okay. Yeah. Right. I feel you. Um, and then, so, and, and then my sister, I think she's, uh, she's a little bit shorter than my oldest brother actually. But anyway, so, uh, my two brothers, they played football at the high school. Right. Uh, the, some, of the, some of the gang members, they were part of the football team. They didn't know as far as uh, that my brothers were my brothers. They didn't know sure. there was any relation or anything like that. They overheard them talking. And as they overheard them talking, they were talking about the fact that they knew exactly where I was going to be on the day that I was going to be let out for, uh, for Christmas break. 
that they knew exactly what time everything that it was going to happen. And it was to send a message, basically, that they were going to shoot and kill me that day. Oh, my God. So they had it planned out that they were going to actually kill me that day. My mom had to that day take me out of the out of the public schools, put me into a private school. Gotcha. Okay. So uh, one of the things that my mom received a lot of flack about, not only was the fact that she was standing up for you know sexual equality, right? Uh, as far as within the schools, uh, working in a man's world, and I hate to say it like that, but she was in in Mississippi. That's kind of how it is. And she was fighting against that already, but then also having to fight against the fact of the racial injustice that she was already fighting against to be able to try to bring together kind of a harmonious uh, aspect as far as within schools. So she started getting a lot of flack for that, you know, in the fact of taking her son out of a public school, putting him into a private school. When yet you're preaching this message, basically, of trying to be able to bring about racial equality as right. far as within the schools. And, um, you know, so that was, I didn't really pick that up until a very long time afterwards. Gotcha. You know, um, I don't even remember how old I was really when I started really kind of realizing all the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, you know how it is whenever you're a kid, you're, you're so oblivious to everything, you know? Right. Um, but, you know, that was kind of how I was raised up. And I was raised up in the fact of knowing that, you know, every color, every person, every mindset, every lifestyle, everything that everybody has, basically, they can bring that to the table. Right. You know, um, they all have something to be able to bring to the table. Everybody has worth, you know, and so especially, you know, and kind of go back to one of the things that you said a little while ago, I think a little bit of especially now going to today, um, because, you know, I I started looking at it and the fact that, you know, two of my and my best friends are black. Okay. They're like brothers to me. Right. Like absolutely like brothers to me. And the fact that I am so close with them, I call them, I mean, I have my son call them Uncle Aaron and huh. Uncle Taiwan. You there know? you go. That's how close we are with, with each other. Right. You know? Um, and so, you know, I started looking at it and it was kind of a wake up call within all of this with COVID. Right. Because I think it, there's two classes as, well, as far as what happened with COVID. You had either the group that wanted to place the blame on everybody and everything else. Uh Then you had the group that was taking a self-introspective and to say, hey, what do I have going on as far as myself? What do I need to change as far as myself? And, uh, you know, there's some stuff that I was going through, which we won't talk about all that. But, um, you know, I was going through some stuff that I had to take a lot of a self-introspective as far as within myself. Right. And it was kind of a wake-up call because I realized that the things that I was going through, it left me so blinded in the right. fact of that I didn't really, I wasn't picking up of the fact that the other people around me are hurting. Right. I'm not picking up on the fact of the racial injustice that's happening as far as around me. I'm not right. picking up around all these different things. And like, say, for instance, Colin Kaepernick. 
Colin Kaepernick, I did not even realize for the longest time as far as what the stand was that he was taking. Right. You know, it didn't actually start to make sense. And that was one of the things that it was a kind of a wake up call to me. I'm like, wow, it's not about the fact of the military. Right. It's not a, the fact of as far as about, you know, because he's taken a knee as far as within, the, you know, the, uh, the uh, national anthem. You know, that's not what it's about. Right. He's trying to be able to bring about a, a message as far as about the racial injustice that's been taking place for so long. Right. You know, and I think that's one of the things is that I myself even didn't really I didn't pick up on it until all of a sudden with uh, Ahmaud Aubrey. Right. Um, right. I, I've been so out of the whole news world, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, I don't like watching the news. I don't like having anything to do with the news because I feel like it's just like, you know, every time you turn around, it's like, you know, who got killed by who and who did this and who did Absolutely. that, who did this and who did that. Absolutely. It's so depressing. Yes. You no. Know? Um, and especially in the fact that we are in so much of a media-driven world, yes, um, it really can mess with your mindset. Yes, and I was myself trying to go through a very positive reflection, uh, kind of a transformation, um, and I was actually going through for when it ended up going for over a hundred days. I was trying to go for just a hundred days. And it went for over 100 days where I was doing uh, 10 things of gratitude. Um, And a lot of this started from uh, November 1st. And then it kept on going from there. Excuse me, one breath of water. No worries. But so um, I would uh, write down basically 10 things that I was grateful for for the day. Because they say that, you know, 21 days starts a new habit. Yes. 90 days can completely transform your mind. Correct. Yes. So um, I was like, well, I want to take it a step above that and go at this for 100 days straight. I ended up going actually for close to 200 days. Oh, my God. Um, Great. As far as uh, keeping this going, as far as with uh, the 10 things of gratitude. And I still like try to do that. I haven't done that as far as within how, you know, um, almost I hate to say it like religious of an aspect of mindset as far as with that. Um, but that was what I was trying to do to retransform my mind so that that way I could have a clear picture, uh, as far as everything around me, right. you know, have a clear vision. I mean, people talk about, you know, meditation and, uh, you know, um, different things like that. As far as, you know, that was kind of my meditation in a way okay. is that I was basically focusing within that. And so now going fast forward into, like, say, for instance, George Floyd, that was a wake-up call. Gotcha. That was even more of a wake-up call to me more than a Maude Aubrey because I didn't even realize what was going on with the Maude Aubrey until I started seeing everybody posting saying I'm running for a Maude Aubrey. Right. And I'm like, I don't even know who a Maude Aubrey is right. because I was so tuned out of everything else, you right. know? And um, – and I think that's one of the things is why I, whenever George Floyd, when this happened, I started to realize, you know, we've, we've talked about this, you know, I, I'm very much a, my, um, a man of faith, you know, right. um, I have as far as a mindset that I felt like I really needed to challenge myself 
and uh, to be able to reach out to my fellow you know, brothers and sisters that are of different color and be able to say, hey, you know, open up a little bit of dialogue. Right. And then just shut up and listen. Right. Right. Because I need to learn about some of these things myself. Gotcha. You know, our educational system for so long has hidden so much of the stuff that has happened in the past, as far as with all of the racial issues. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we we talked about this that uh, when I was in uh, when elementary, um, I remember watching Roots, and I think it was like the week after that I had to watch uh, Gone with the Wind. <laughs> Wow. Of all, yeah. Two different mindset aspects. You Two know? different mindsets. Yes. <laughs> Two different mindsets. Um, and so, and, and I remember watching uh, The Color Purple. Uh, I remember we, there's a lot of different movies that we had to watch in school, mm-hmm. you know, that we were all you know, part of. But I think that it wasn't really taught very well as far as really to understand that, hey, there's all these, you Things? know, these racial issues that are happening. Right. What's that? Other situations that are happening around exactly. us. Exactly. That um, I completely, I, I, I get what your, uh, your, your, your feeling there, especially with school, because when I was going to school, it was Martin Luther King, George Washington Carver, um, and uh, I Have a Dream. That was really oh oh and uh, you know uh, Rosa Parks. Yeah, uh, that was that they didn't really want to you know get into that. And it, for me, um, it was not for till my senior year where I had a teacher who he was a, a younger teacher, but he for two weeks he did this whole thing about race and the media. And it opened up dialogue of basically saying everybody has a stereotype of what they believe another race is mm-hmm. because of the media. Um, so, you know, people watching Roots, if that's all they saw, they would think African-Americans were slaves. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Oh, we so scared, sir. They would think that. Uh, and Or they would, you know, see, you know, white people as being oppressive or as trying to be the, you know, we're the dominant race or, you know, we're going to, we, we can sell your kids. We can buy and sell you. Uh, uh, or, um, uh, you know, Vietnam, all Japanese are bad. So when you're watching Apocalypse Now, I mean, all these media things. And it came to an open dialogue that I had with uh, Mexican-American people, uh, Persian, Turks, um, uh, Korean, Filipino, because uh, my, my high school was mixed across the board. But he sat us around in a circle. And in this circle, uh, he posed the question, he was like, what do you see when you see me? And, you know, people, people went through the whole, well, you know, they're very nice, they're kind, they're, 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 they're you know, polite. But then he he asked the the question, which kind of like cracked the egg is like, but do you see color? Hmm. And some people got offended by that. And some people were like, you know, I, I see that they are Asian American and, you know, what do you know about their culture? 
And when you would ask somebody about their culture, a lot of people did not know. They never had wanted to have that dialogue because it was very easy to say, you know what, I see Asians as this. They make Chinese food. They make, you know, they, they, they make cars. They can't drive. They can't, uh, you know, they're great in math. They're all the stereotypes. Uh, you know, uh, Persians, they make great tea. They own gas stations. They Or they're Indian and they only own gas stations. And, you know, all these slight stereotypes. And somebody posed the question to me. Somebody said, well, what do you see when you see Jean? And they said, well, he doesn't fit a stereotype. And I said, well, what do you mean I don't fit a stereotype? And they went into every Boys in the Hood, uh, South Central or gangster, black gangster movie we'd ever seen for what they thought black people looked like. And it was eye-opening for me because I had to ask the question, so you think all black people, you think then black people all act like this? Well, no, because you don't, John. You don't act like this. But I'm black, and it could not. It, it was. It was. It was a light bulb moment for for myself. But for a lot, they just could not understand. Like, well, John, you're not black. What do you mean I'm not black? I if I leave this room today, I go outside. I could have a cop pull me over and say, "You young man, pull over." Not because he's heard my mouth. He's not heard how I spoke. It's because of the color of my skin. And they were like shocked. I'm like, well, what do you mean? I mean, I, I knew guys that were the thugs or quote unquote had the stereotype of the thugs. And I, and I also knew guys that were 4.0 academics that, were, that are, are now, you know, uh, surgeons. So it was this mind blowing of trying to, his, the, the teacher's emphasis was, don't put anybody in the box. Don't try to stereotype. They're, everybody's not in a box just because the color. I mean, I, I've, I mean, you, you probably know too. There, there are some folks. Uh, perfect phrase I heard uh, from uh, D.L. Hughley: "Just because they your skin folk don't make them your kin folk." Oh, I like that. <laughs> so, like that. Uh, uh, you know, the the media has played to me. I, would you say the media has done, in certain aspects, more harm than good to a certain extent with race relations? I, I think that for the longest time that they have been doing more harm than good. However, I think that they are finally starting to kind of have a little bit of a wake up, honestly, mm-hmm. um, because they're starting to realize, hey, it, it's kind of like, you know, if you stir the pot too much, you're going to eventually have it, you know, it's, it's going to boil over. You right. Know? Um, and it's just going to make a big mess. And it's just, you know, um, I talk a lot of times in, in terminology. Of cooking. No, I love it. I grew up being the cook for my family. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, and I'm the Southern guy. I'm the Southern guy at heart, you know, as far as in the, uh, in the cooking aspect, I, I love to eat. I love yeah. to have a good food. You Come know. on now. Um, yeah. So especially, in, you know, hey, especially being in the OCR world and, you know, the racing and running world and all that. I mean, you know, I am one of those people that I do like to run to eat, you know, because it's what you eat afterwards. Yeah, exactly. exactly. 
But anyways, yeah. So uh, I think that uh, I think that a lot of the media has been making it more harm than good, and that's in every aspect. To be honest with you, um, I, you know, it, like you even get into the whole political world and everything for a little bit there. I got so burned out of politics, man. I got so burned out of the political world and everything and all this bashing of who and, uh, you know, what and everything else and all these lies and everything else just that was being stirred up. And it was so media-driven. Right. And I was so burned out of it. But I didn't even want anything to do with it until just recently. Yeah, no, you said it right. It was a wake-up call. It was a wake I, I, you know, as much as, as I, 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 I mourn, sorry, I, my headphones okay. cut out there. Oh, got me. Can you hear me? Okay. I hear you perfectly. All right. Hold on just a second. Let me, uh, okay. I'm sorry. No worries. Let me turn off these headphones here. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. I kind of think they went dead or something. Oh, Okay. One, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I've got you on my laptop, so we are, we are, are. Okay, there we go. Oh, I can hear you now. All right, all right. So, um, like, as far as with the whole, uh, even the political world, I wanted nothing to do with it, you know. I was so driven, I mean, so burned out of everything of, you know, I don't even like watching crime shows or anything like that, you know, and especially even the fact of just so much drama that was going on within the political world until just recently that I'm like, hey, I need to actually wake up and make a stand in this. I got you. you. Yeah. Um, and, And, you know, I haven't been out as far as like in the protests or anything like that. But what I have been able to do is to do a, a different kind of mindset as far as within reaching out into my community, you know, uh, like kind of what we had talked about, you know, I, I went out to, uh, you know, around my neighborhood, uh, which I, I live in a neighborhood that is, uh, it's in the South Dallas area, and it's very uh, culturally uh, diverse, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, a lot of different races all throughout it, you know? Right. So I started getting out actually and talking to some people within my neighborhood, you know, just like actually talking to people and just to be able to open up a little bit of dialogue and then say, what are you experiencing with this? Right. Tell me how do you feel about this with George Floyd, with Ahmaud Aubrey, you know, with Breonna Taylor, mm-hmm. um, with uh, uh, Trayvon Martin, you right. know? Um, it, how do you feel about this? And then I just would shut up and just listen. Gotcha. I even did this as far as even going, like I went to Walmart one day and there's this lady that was loading up a TV into her car. I got to just talking to her by helping her to load up her TV into her car. And then I just asked her, I just said, Hey, kind of tell me how you're feeling, you know? Um, and some people that I talked to, they didn't want to talk. And, and I respect that. Sure. Um, some people would only talk for maybe a little bit and then some people would talk and talk and talk and talk, you know, they got something uh, to say. Like you and I are, you know, um, 
And I, and I think that was one of the things is that I had to, I literally had to take a week just to be able to process everything that I was hearing. Sure. You know, um, one of the things that I really got to do that was really awesome, I got to bring my little boy uh, with me, actually. So we went to a park and I was going to have the conversation with him there about some of the things that are going on in the world as far as, you know, the racial injustice and everything. And, and, and that's very difficult to be able to have with a, you know, close to four-year-old. Sure. Um, and so I just, one of the things that I did is I let him just go and play with a kid that was in the neighborhood, you know, as far as playing in the park. And um, I just let him play. Right. You know, the whole time. And then he even, like, dude, I, I'll tell you honestly, it brought tears to my eyes when I saw this. Um, he went and picked a flower, brought it to the mom of the kid that he was playing with. Mm-hmm. It was an African-American woman. Okay. um, Brought her a flower and then turned around and went back to go play with him. And this was right after George Floyd. Wow. And so all of a sudden he brought a flower to her and she started tearing up. That actually made me tear up as well. Of course. I saw some guys that I, you know, got to talking to that they were doing a workout over there. I tried not to disrupt their workout or anything like that. And I waited until after the workout and I went and talked to them a little bit. And uh, two of the guys, they didn't want to talk at all. You know, they just kept on walking on. One of the guys was like, you know, hey, I'm good, man. I I just, I'd rather not talk about it. Right. I'm like, hey, that's cool. You know, Um, one kid, you know, I got to talking to him that he was out there playing, you know, kicking a soccer ball. And dude, this was the most amazing thing. We got to talking as we're kicking the soccer ball back and forth to each other. Right. Next thing I know is all of a sudden this kid is telling me he's a junior in high school. He already has a full paid scholarship to play soccer for Yale. Wow. Duke, and Harvard. There you go. And he was telling me about how he's trying to decide between Yale, Duke, and Harvard of which school he wants to go to, and he can't make his mind up about that. And I was like, dude, either way you go, You're you winner. go to Harvard, Yale, or Duke, you are set for life. He's a win. He's a that win. That is awesome. And He's I winning. like I commended him and celebrated you know, with him and the fact of his hard work that he had put forward as far as with his soccer and everything. And it was just, I'm, I'm telling you, it was amazing. That's incredible. So I got to talk to my little boy, and, and I tried to be able to figure out the best way to be able to put it, but I told him, I said, did you see that kid that you were playing with? Mm-hmm. He said, yeah. And I said, yeah, did you notice anything about him? He said, no. He's like, he's my friend. And that's the thing is, it's like, I had to tell him, I was like, you know, yes, he's your friend. Did you notice that he looks different? Yeah. That's okay. And that's beautiful. Exactly. That is beautiful that you're being a friend to him, no matter what he looks like. Don't ever change that. Right. Because aspect, like one thing that I've taught my, my, my son is any mindset of hate, prejudice, um, any form of, any form basically of hate or violence, period. Mm-hmm. 
that's that's not in my house right that does not take place you know yeah i mean he's a kid he gets angry sometimes and stuff like that and i have to talk to him even more about that sure um you know and and that was kind of a that was kind of a crazy weekend but it was so amazing and so beautiful and being able to talk to him to say look there's some things that are going on in the world right now that are just not right. There's some things that are going on in the world that should not be. The fact that you went and played with that kid, even though he looks different, that's beautiful. Right. The fact that you called him your friend, that's beautiful. Don't ever change that. Right. You know, um, and, and that's the thing is like, I want to be able to speak that mindset as well to the people that are around me. Right. Because I think that a lot of people are so, I hate to say it like this, but they're so ignorant to the things that are going on around them. Yes. Not that they are idiots, but they're ignorant of the truth. Right. Of what's actually happening. Right. And, you know, like one of the things like it, you know, just recently, Mississippi, okay, Mississippi finally took down the Confederate flag, removed the Confederate flag this past weekend. Right. From the Mississippi state flag. Right. I saw as several people started posting right after that, saying this whole thing of, you know, I'm a God-fearing man, and I'm this and that, and I'm a Christian, and blah, 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 blah. And then saying with the next with the next verse of their speech, right? If it offends you that I'm for the Confederate flag, then just delete me. Right. That that is so ugly. Yeah. Not to not realize the fact and that to not realize the fact that. We have been hurting our, us as a nation. Mm -hmm. We have been hurting our brothers and sisters around the nation mm -hmm. for years. Mm -hmm. When people look at that as far as for the state flag, the Mississippi state flag, and they see that Confederate flag, other people look at that and they're like, oh, yeah, it gives us heritage and tradition and, you know, history and blah, blah, blah. No. What I say about that is I look at the fact of the racial stuff that I grew up hearing. Right. The stuff that was happening around me growing up as a kid. The stuff that's still happening today. Mm -hmm. You know? And when they took that down, I'm, I'm not kidding, man. I started crying. Wow. Like, that was beautiful. The fact that if that if that can give if that taking down the flag, the Mississippi state flag and removing the Confederate part as far as within the, the Mississippi state flag, that can give a thimble of peace to our brothers and sisters that have been hurting for so long. I am all for that. You know? Yeah. Take it down. Right. Change it. You know, that's a long time change that's been needing to happen forever. Exactly. Yeah, we've been carrying that for, I mean, good night. We've been carrying that, uh, that, that flag has been in the Mississippi state flag 
for, I think it was like 126 years. You know, the unfortunate side is, even though they took it down, it, um, it, it's the mindset which is still there by so many, or could be there by so yeah. many, you know, of, uh, of, of, as you said, history, heritage, and it is a, you know, for some it's a, it's a, how did they, their family tree looks beautiful until you start looking at the roots and see the slaves and those they've raped and which are raped or those that they may have raped, beaten, hung or what have you that are in that family tree or the children that were born out of that family tree because the slave master chose to rape the black woman and make more babies to help them on their plantation. Uh, That's a part of that history. It's not as the beautiful family picture they want to portray but it's what our country is. And uh, yeah, I, I see what you mean. I mean, with, with Mississippi, it's take the flag down. Now the work is gonna, I could only imagine will be working on the next generation of those that can, can embrace their history, good, bad, and ugly. Yeah. Um, I saw recently, and maybe you've seen this more recently where there are those that have been standing with their Confederate flags saying, you know, I, I'm not going, I'm going to, and part of my phrase, I'm going to teach my children to hate you like the niggers you are. Young lady said this on camera, Confederate flag out there. Two days later, she's on Instagram. I'm so sorry. I, I didn't understand what I was saying. I, you know, I, I, I love all people because she got fired from her job. So, so when I, I, I see some people that are, are saying this, I go to, you meant what you said on the first half. I feel like you're retake your, your, re, now you're, you're trying to retract what you said because you've now lost your income. You've yeah. now lost your quote unquote, uh, personal space because everybody knows sees you as a racist and you're trying now to quote unquote well i want to go back underground but people are like no no you're that racist it was for example a couple weeks ago or a month ago when uh all this stuff started coming out with with high school kids putting the water down of saying you know how do you wash out a nigger and they had written the word nigger on a piece of paper and they've turned water on and then yeah you know uh Every, 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 how do you how do you wash them out? Well, they got blasted out on Instagram. They were blasted out on uh, 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 many other different uh, 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 social media outlets because they figured out who their name was, where they went to school, and the school got wind of it, and they were expelled from school. The school's like, we don't condone it, and then they came and gave an apology. My challenges this and, and maybe you know you may see it the same way the mentality still is there even if you go underground it's and I, even though it's wrong I'd rather know how you stand and try to work with you to change the mentality than be a person that is going to have to 
say it and then all of a sudden, oh, I, I, I made it, you know, I made a mistake because the rest of the world doesn't agree with you. You know, uh, as much as I, you know, dis dislike the KKK, I know where you stand. As wrong as it may, may be, at least I know where you stand. It's, it's what I worry about is the police soldiers that are part of the KKK that are in a position of power that then use their power to system, use systematic racism now to block me because I'm walking down the street and they feel they can just approach me and say, well, what are you doing? Or they can stop and frisk me because I quote unquote fit the description. These, these people aren't, aren't, are, have been underground for so long that they've been hiding in plain sight. And now that they're getting exposed, we've got people now quote unquote retracting or I'm, I'm learning, I've made a mistake. No, you're not making a mistake. You've not made a mistake. You're trying to cover your tracks now because you've been exposed. And, 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 and I, even though you get exposed, I'm like, my concern is two weeks from now, people are gonna forget. They're gonna forget about the lady who made the apology, she'll get another job. Unless people are, are you know, checking in of saying, like you said, checking in, is she really, really sorry? Or is she, was this just a whole act so she can, you know, put on the, the face of public opinion and try to change it and save face? It's like, this is not gonna be a media blast where you can change your image, you know? Uh, yeah. uh, racism is not going to be the it for some it could be the Harvey Weinstein of all and what I mean by Harvey Weinstein is you know uh, sexual allegations disappear from the Me Too movement and then you know though he's still going to jail he's still free um, if you have enough money to quote unquote change the viewpoint of the media or yourself in the media then now you know I made a mistake oh but look I'm now around all these people uh, it doesn't mean that your mindset has changed it just means you're trying to cover your, to me, it's apparently that you're just trying to cover your tracks. Your, your overall yearly actions will show the change if you're trying to change. And change doesn't start until you take a self-introspective. Until you take a personal inventory of yourself and say, here's the pros and the cons of myself. Mm -hmm. Here's the things that I need to change, you know? Um, I had to even do that with myself in a lot of different aspects over the past few years, right. know, past uh, couple of years. Um, realizing that, hey, I have my faults. I have my ugly sides of me. You know, I have my problems and my issues and everything else. And like, I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine that we were going through the same thing at the same time and I was so caught up in talking about my situation mm -hmm. to him, not even realizing that his heart is breaking. Talking like me talking about that was hurting him more. Mm. That was where I had to really wake up and say, there's a lot of the bigger picture than myself. And that was heartbreaking. Right. I, I literally, I started crying when we started talking with that. I was like, I almost wanted to say, Robert, you suck, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> and even though I know, I like, I know that's not true. Right. Um, but I, I had to take a lot of a introspective and to say, here's these issues that I've even caused myself. 
Right. So, you know, that's where I took the stand of saying, hey, Robert, shut up and just listen. Gotcha. gotcha. You know? Um, and I've talked to so many of my friends from all over the world, you know, from all over the United States, talking to them and to be able to find out kind of their mindset of like what they have gone through and all of this. And, and I even have some friends, you know, they're black that are from different countries, right. You know, in different countries that they didn't experience all this growing up Correct. until they came over here mm-hmm. to America. And they came from, you know, different countries, all these different countries. And I've talked to some of my friends that are from here that have grown up in some of the best areas and some of the worst areas. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to see the, the perspective and really see the full narrative to be able to see all of this, the full p- bigger picture. Like, I, I watched this documentary uh, just recently on Netflix called The 13th. Yeah, 13th Amendment? Yes. Yes. Dude. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. It was, okay, I hate to say that that documentary was so good. It was. Right, but it's it painful. so well done. It's, it's, it's done well, but it's painful. It was. Yeah. That's why, like, after that, and then I was... So have I have a friend of mine uh, made a documentary of this on uh, uh, Amazon uh, on Amazon Prime called uh, Natural Hair. Natural and Hair, and it's talking about. Um, have you heard of that one? No, but I'm gonna look it up. I'll okay, watch it tonight. it's uh, it's all about uh, the African American as far as for their hair. Okay, as far as the culture of their hair. Yes, and what the hair went through and what it symbolized. And he, what even it symbolizes now today. Okay. And even the racial injustice that was taking place within just the fact of hair. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Wow. I, I'm telling you, after watching those two, <laughs> I had to literally take a week off of not watching any more documentaries, not asking any more questions or anything else, just be like able to soak it in to be able to say, hey, Here's the full picture of what's been happening. Gotcha. Uh, like I've known that it's happening. Yeah. But here's the, really the reality. If if you want to check out another documentary, there's like four parts to it, but this thing called Hidden Colors. Okay. Uh, volume one through four. Uh, but if you guys go through one, um, it tells you it's it, the reason why it's called Hidden Colors is there's so many things that African Americans have done for from science, technology, that a lot of people aren't aware of. Uh, that, I mean, for example, all of Washington, D.C. architecture was created by an African-American man. The subway system was created by an African-American man. Uh, and so many people are like surprised, like, oh, really? I mean, there's, but it, that's why they call it Hidden Colors. Uh, and it just breaks down or it shows more to the systematic racism that that has been, you know, Place. And, and it's a, a shame, but it's the reality of what we have lived. I'm not yeah. saying what we are living, but we have lived and what we're in the process of, of, of changing. Um, uh, but yeah, the, uh, the you know 13th Amendment, and I'm definitely going to check out Natural Hair. I guess I did have a question for you because you're talking about okay. self, you know, self-introspection. And, you know, I wrote a book called Transparency, 12 Weeks of the New You, which 
deals with everything you were talking about of, of, you know, being able to come to the place of this is where I am right now. It doesn't mean I'm going to stay here, but I yeah. can always work to being a better person if I'm doing steps to move forward in, in being a better person. Um, but uh, within your self-realization with all this, I'm curious because throughout all this, even with you being a man of faith, across the board, for what you saw, I mean, within the past couple of weeks, did you notice like any of like the close friends that you had from all types of nationalities, did you begin to notice like their prejudices that they began to work on or were aware of, or maybe not even aware of until somebody said that was kind of prejudice of you or my, by, you know, just prejudging, you know, uh, and uh, across the board. Uh, I, I know for myself, there were many friends that, uh, uh, you know, stuff started coming out and, you know, of the self re self reflection of like, you know what, maybe, um, that's that's not the, the 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 case you know that's you know that's not uh the the it's it's not the right thing to do but i've been but some have been so programmed or what they've seen and done or seen it or and have not said anything for so long that it became acceptable um i think it's it's two different two different spectrums sure there's a lot of a group of friends and even family members that started to realize, hey, I need to change some things in myself. And a lot of people that started speaking out against racial injustice that I never would have thought would, mm. to be honest with you. Um, and even with, within myself, I'm not a rock the boat kind of guy whatsoever in my, in my mentality. Um, I, I took a personality test not too long ago. And it was one of the things that it said in there is that you're not a, you know, rock the boat kind of person. I'm not at all. You sure. know, I hate to pick a fight. I hate to like, you know, violence with me normally. I can count on less than one to one hand, the amount of times of fights that I've actually been in that I've fought back. Right. Except for you at nine. So that's one, yeah. that's one finger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, there is that mindset as far as a lot of my friends and family that they were realizing, hey, yeah, all lives matter. Right. But that's not what it's about. Right. That's not what this is about. The fact of being able to say that Black Lives Matters I mean, Black Lives Matter. That is speaking against a racial injustice that has been happening for the longest time in our nation, since the foundations of our nation. Right. And I think a lot of people started to realize that. Then I have another group of friends, excuse me, friends and family that um, they were not realizing it and they were not realizing the fact of the stuff that they were saying on social media. Exactly. Oh my God. Yes. 
And, you know, it goes into like what I said earlier, that some people are ignorant to the fact of the racial injustice that's been happening for years. Yeah. Um, and that's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Especially with people that you have known all your life. People, and because like, you know, I'll be honest with you, man. You know, growing up, I had family members and I had different people that I knew of that would use the N-word. Right. And that was heartbreaking to me every single time. You know, even to the point of within the past few years that I've had to hear, I've had to hear people using the N-word mm -hmm. to be able to talk about people of color mm -hmm. and to say things of ignorant things like, but that's just what they are. Yeah. And that's heartbreaking for me. Mm-hmm. Because you're talking about my best friend. Right. You're talking about two people that are brothers to me. Right. You're talking about this guy that I have been best friends with since 2007. Right. Like, he is honestly, he's like almost next to blood to me. Right. You know? And you want to try to say that because of a person looking a certain way, that automatically you're stereotyping them and calling them a derogatory term like that. Right. Right. To say that that's who they are. Right. You, you look at me. I'm a big guy. But I get so mistaken sometimes Mm -hmm. Because I'm a big guy, I'm a very loud guy. I'm a southerner as far as my loudness. Right. I'm very voiced. I'm very opinionated. Right. And some people think that that I'm, I mean, because I got facial hair, that I'm an intimidating guy. Right. But if you get to know the real me. Your biggest teddy bear ever. Exactly. Yes. I'm one of the biggest softies you'll ever meet. Right. I'm the toughest. Like I said. I can count on less than five, uh, five fingers. Right. The amount of times that I've been in a fight that I've fought back. And primarily for the reason that whenever that has happened, as far as within, you know, fights and everything like that, I hate violence. Right. I hate the fact of this anger and aggression that takes place. And for you to use a word like that, that is using a, an angry yes. and aggressive terminology when you don't even know the detail as far as my best friend right you don't know the detail of the the details of the character of my best friend yeah and the people that i've been friends with that i've called brothers and sisters to me for years right mm -hmm. you know oh look i i, I agree over one i remember uh, Oprah one time, you know, everybody's had the debate over, over the, the N-word for so long that uh, Oprah said it best, you know, it's it's not, well, well Oprah said it and I also heard uh, uh, Tyler Perry say it. It's not what they call you. It's what you answer to. Yeah. And I have been a, uh, a true... I love Tyler Perry. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was... Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, and, and I've used that many times where I've had, you know, people call me that. I, I don't answer to it because that's not, I don't, yeah. I, I don't, you know, want to even, you know, give them that, that enjoyment or, or that energy because I, I choose not to embrace that. But I, I, I can only imagine, you know, now if I heard somebody say that about one of my, my boys, yeah, I probably, you know, ready, you know, tear their heads off. So, and, and similar to you, I, I, over, you know, some of the stuff I've, I've had to delete some people yeah. where I can't, I didn't want to see what they had to say anymore. It wasn't, it wasn't conducive because I, I knew that conversation was not going to be one that I, I should have. And, and to a certain extent, one uh, guy, he was trying to be funny. Uh, but I had to say to him in, in the nicest way, I said, please do not mock a pain you have not had to endure. Wow. And, and because I, and, and literally when I wrote that down, I was like, wow, that came from a, a dark place in me, but it was so true. It was like, if you don't understand it, you know, I, and you know, I'm a comedian all day long, I, but it, you know, there are certain things if you're trying to be yeah. conscious with it, then let's be conscious with it. But, and and I got crickets and tumbleweeds after that. Like I didn't get a statement, didn't get a, I'm sorry, didn't I get a, you're right, you're wrong. Thought there's gonna be dialogue. It just went to, you know, pictures of his wife. So I was like, all right, well, you know. You know, I, I think it was Toby Mac, uh, and I could be wrong. Maybe he just quoted it from another person, uh, but said, you know, be nice to everybody because you have no idea the the battles Yes. Going yeah. He sold that from me. I just want to say he sold from me. <laughs> <laughs> that that's dude, that that statement when I read that, that was so much of an eye opener for me. Yeah. Um to realize that people are hurting around you. You have no idea. We can all put the smile on our face. Yes. And act like everything's okay. But then there's so many people that are putting a big smile on their face, but they are broken inside. Yes. They fighting daily. And they, yes. Daily. They fight through, I mean, you look at the fact of like Robin Williams. Okay. Robin Williams, that was one of the most heartbreaking stories of my life. Gotcha. I've always looked up to Robin Williams as far as his comedic talent. You would never think that he's like that. Right. You never think he was depressed. No. Mm -mm. You would never know that that was the stuff that he was going through. Mm -mm. Look at the fact of like, um, what's his name? The the musician, uh, oh gosh, my mind's going blank, but the uh, one of the vocalists from Linkin Park. Oh, uh, Chris, not Chris Grinnell. Is it Chris Cornell? No, Chris Cornell was uh, from Soundgarden. Right, Soundgarden. Uh, he's all in many other bands. <laughs> right, he's still there. Uh, no, um, or uh, I'm thinking uh, Phil Hartman, same sort of thing. And I'm just trying yeah. to show my age of uh, him, you know, trying to be an, not an enabler, but, you know, being killed by a woman who was constantly depressed. And, uh, I mean, you just, you have no idea the people, the, the pain that people are having to go through. No. They're having to endure. And it's just like what you just said. Dude, that, that hits the nail. I mean, you know, 
the nail on the head or nail whatever. Head, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, at, um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, what would you think if, because yeah, we're about to go on in a good hour. Um, if at the end of the day, if we could tell somebody one one thing, one like one message to get out of this time, because as you said, it, it's been a wake up call for everybody. This this, yeah. you know, and I, my my heart still goes out to all those. My my heart goes out to the frontline workers that are still dealing with COVID, from the nurses to the uh, doctors to the ambulance drivers to the those that are those that have family members that have, that they know have lost bad they have lost their life due to this but this has been a wake up call for people to have had their lives unfortunately stop and be in their houses for weeks and as you said to kind of have to do some self assessment and with all this it is now here i always say you know since you and i both are men of faith you know one way or another god is in it God's been in this whole thing. He, and you know, what's been done for evil will turn around for good. But if you could leave, you know, these, if you could leave somebody one message through this period, what would it be? I think it'd be going back to the fact of what I just said a little while ago, you know, the the quote that I just did, Um, be kind to everybody because you have no idea the battles that they're facing. I want to thank you guys again for tuning in. Every week I'm actually trying to get better to present you guys something that is from the heart, more importantly, that you can relate to. Now, Gary V says it best, so I'm going to quote him. Sharing these thoughts is like oxygen to me. So if they resonate with you, if you feel that this can benefit somebody, subscribe, share, more importantly, like, all my platforms, Instagram, Facebook, the Alive Experience Online.com. And I look forward to speaking and sharing with you guys real soon. Be well.